Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, Entrepreneur Junkies? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the Podcast Junkie, and today I've got another amazing guest lined up for you. Our guest today is a world-renowned social media marketer. He's worked on events with Gary Vaynerchuk, Reese Witherson, and Eric Thompson as well. He's a two-comma club award winner, an international best-selling author, and he's taught marketing around the world, helping businesses grow to six and seven figures. Please Please welcome my guest today, Kim Barrett. Kim, what's going on? What's happening, man? Thank you so much for having me. Dude, I'm super excited to get you on. And um, and actually, for in terms of interviewing people on the podcast, I know that your expertise kind of centers around Facebook, right? And, um, and I, I find that really interesting, actually, because there's so many people in our audience right now who are looking to either start a Facebook ad agency or, or already doing um, Facebook ads. Or even if they're not looking to do Facebook ads, they've usually got some kind Kind of product that they could promote through Facebook ads. So pretty much everybody in our audience is going to touch Facebook ads at some point in their kind of entrepreneurial journey. So I'm super excited about today's episode because I think there's going to be a whole lot of value. But before we dive into the nitty gritty and finding out kind of how you got started and, and grew your following, um, what I really wanted to do was just give you a chance to give yourself an introduction to the audience so they can understand a little bit about how you got started, Kim. Is that okay with you? Yeah, for sure, man. So um, if you look at how I got started, like it actually probably goes back about 15 years um, when I very first began playing with online marketing, digital marketing and whatnot. Uh, that's where I really kind of got excited about what was possible on online, on the internet. Uh, so I was running a, a forum back in the day and they, um, they wanted me to try and get sponsorship money for them uh, because otherwise they were going to have to shut, shut down. So I ended up pulling all the stats from the website and just doing like a really blind, um, didn't really think too much about it, uh, email out to some... Uh, uh, potential online retailers that were in the same space. It was in the um, aquarium industry. And so I pulled all these emails, sent this, uh, sent them all out, just BCC'd everyone, didn't personalize them or anything like that. And uh, was able to raise about 40 grand of uh, product and um, cash in 24 hours for the forum. So when I did that, I was like, wow, this is 
that you can make money on the internet. Like there's, this is, this is possible. There's, uh, it's, it's well and truly, uh, available out there. And that's when I kind of started really learning and delving into a couple of different areas in online marketing, because I saw that it was possible. Then if you, then I, I, I kind of went away from it a little bit because I thought that I was going to work in a big, huge company, be an international business person, um, travel around and, you know, maybe go and work in London or something like that. Um, which didn't happen because, um, yeah, you know, like even though I went and went to university and studied and all that fun stuff and got a degree, uh, it wasn't as easy as they had uh, promised me at high school when, <laughs> when they said, yeah, it's like, cool, just go to university, get a degree, you get a graduate role and then you can do anything you want. And um, it didn't seem to work that way. Uh, so that was just <laughs> outright lies. So, uh, but then from there, I, um, I was working in a few different businesses, helping with them with their marketing and other key areas as well. And from that, then I started to really see, um, okay, there's a bit of a gap between what businesses are doing um, from their, for their marketing and what other businesses are doing that are really successful. And I thought, well, you know, like I should really, you know, if I can figure this out for myself, for uh, other businesses, then, you know, I think that's a pretty valuable service to offer people. So I started, you know, that's when uh, Facebook ads were really starting to come out. So I started really delving into them. I was like, I'm just going to focus on these. I'm not going to do SEO. I'm not going to do AdWords. Um, I'm not going to do uh, solo ads or anything like that. I'm just going to focus on Facebook ads and just get really good there. And that was about 2013 when I really started kind of focusing, honing in my skill set there. And um, and yeah, and that's been where I've focused ever since and just started you know, really seeing, number one, how can I help um, businesses with Facebook ads? I had to figure out how to do it for myself first. Then I started doing it for affiliate products like ClickFunnels and different things. Then I started to do it for more small businesses than bigger businesses. And now sometimes I even, uh, if they if they are the right fit, I even help other Facebook ad agencies scale up what they're doing because um, a lot of the time it can be hard to see, you know, it's hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle um, for your own business. So sometimes you need a, a need a bit of a helping hand to, to get started. Wow, that sounds awesome, man. So you've got all of these different kind of areas, but what it sounds like is that you're kind of um, pretty much at the mastery stage right now with Facebook ads, but I imagine it probably wasn't always that way. So I'm, I'm really interested in finding out a little bit more about, you know, from 2013 onwards, once you started to really kind of come into your own and started to grow your own business. Um, what did that first year look like for you when you, when you were kind of going out on your own? Um, not very good, to be honest. <laughs> uh, and, that, and look, that's, that's just because as well, one of the big things that I found, it was like for some certain businesses, it's like, cool, I could help them um, set up an ad and get things going. But I kind of found it hard to really cut through um, in on social media for like for myself for other businesses to sell them social media um, sell them Facebook ads and I think it was just because really um, it's something I'll talk about a little bit later I really didn't understand what I now call the NOC method I didn't really understand exactly how to position myself my offer and how to articulate and write that so to be honest for the first year I really sucked um, so I went and bought as many books as possible I did as many courses as possible I joined as many masterminds I think in my first year I think I made like maybe maybe just under a hundred grand, but I reckon I pretty much spent a hundred grand on uh, on trainings, <laughs> on education, on masterminds. So I didn't really make any money that year, but I did set myself up for the foundations of success when it came to copywriting, when it came to offer creation, when it came to uh, the technical side of Facebook ads. Um, I think I, I did really get a good hold on that for that year, and then that set me up for the next year. Then it was really just kind of off to the races, and that's when we started um, seeing some really good successes, not only for ourselves, but 
but also for um, a lot of our clients as well. One of our clients, we um, so that was my first client. I pretty much worked um, internally for them whilst I was still building my um, business. So I went into their business um, as their like I don't know, chief of marketing or whatever you want to call it, and um, we managed to take them from like a standing start at zero to a million dollars in ten months just from Facebook ads. Wow, that's crazy amounts of growth, and I bet you learned like so much from just helping that one particular business and, and taking them to that level. Did um when you when you first started with that client was it was it always kind of going in that kind of direction was it like a good business and it's heading that way or, or was there still kind of stumbling blocks along the way oh plenty of stumbling blocks for sure um so they were a uh, event-based company so they did um intro events and they um on the back end they had an nlp training program so <clears throat> i actually went through and did their program and that's how i was introduced to them um and then now funnily enough for a whole bunch of different scenarios that guy is now my brother-in-law so it's uh it all kind of comes out in the wash some way or another but um <laughs> when so when we started doing it he had, he had started his business so i went through i was a customer of his um and he'd been running for six months and they did i think just around about um 100 grand but then what happened was they rebranded and repositioned themselves in the marketplace so it was pretty much starting from scratch um and they'd only ever done like a small small events here in perth um they hadn't done anything else so then we started looking at going to melbourne to brisbane to sydney um obviously doubling down in Perth as well um, and, all, and all over the place. So it was um, it was uh, pretty crazy times where yeah, there was plenty of stumbling blocks or there'd be plenty of times where, you know, we, we would register 100, 100 people for a live event and like six people showed up at the event. So then it was like, oh, crap, this is not good. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. yeah. What, how did you how did you kind of overcome that, Kim? Like, did you did you learn anything from that? Like, what was the reason that you think that people didn't show up to that event? Oh, there was like many times they were all different. Like sometimes it would be like, oh, um, in Australia, there's like certain events and certain things happen where people just won't come out. So for example, in um, on the East Coast, which we don't really have on the West Coast of Australia, there's a thing called State of Origin, which is where basically New South Wales plays Queensland, so two of the biggest states over there, and this was when we had an event in Queensland, um, they would play each other in what they call the state of origin, but it's like everyone watches this game. It's like the biggest game of... Um, uh, one of the biggest games of rugby in um, in Australia. So it's like the state of origin. It's like everyone's goes to that. So we had an event that we didn't check was on that day, um, <laughs> on, the same, on the same night. So it's like we were starting the same time as the state of origin. And we're doing confirmation calls and calling up and being like, hey, just confirming you're attending. They're like, oh, I was going to come by it's state of origin tonight. So I can't. And they're like, oh, okay, that's one person. Next one. It's state of origin tonight. It's state of origin tonight. It's state of, oh, no. <laughs> so um, we learned very well to read calendars and see what events and other things are on at the same time um, yeah. yeah it does make it obviously uh, it does have a huge impact so we um it's definitely something that we started to look at um but then as well we just really we got really good at then um uh, phone sales and, and follow-up so i um also helped chip in with um the on the phone sales side of things which um was good that's where i first cut my teeth in like learning um scripts and following up and making sales and um yeah that really kind of set me in good stead I, I continue to want to learn how to get good at sales which i did and really that's how we got out first and we're in process of um, just putting in our paperwork for our second two common club award which was um like probably different and counterintuitive to anyone everyone else because most other people that have got theirs have done it through online sales and ours has been pretty much a hundred percent or 99 percent phone sales yeah that's interesting kim because um i see because i come from a background of sales myself i've done a lot of phone sales 
I've um, worked and had cold calling teams as well. And I love phone sales because it's so easy to pivot on a phone conversation, you know, and uh, you can kind of read the room and kind of hear what people are saying and, you know, adjust them and make it bespoke to them. So I personally really love phone sales, but it's interesting because we do see a lot of people who are starting a Facebook ad agency who think that it is just about running ads and then passing the baton over to the client and then letting them just kind of run with it without doing anything else. Um, kind of in your experience, Kim, do you think that's uh, that's kind of a bad strategy or, or what what was the thing that you did that kind of stood you out apart? Well, look, um, yeah, I personally think that it's like if you want to have, if you want to start an ads agency or anything really, you can't figure out like you can, but like everyone gets scared and or everyone sees that's like, oh, such and such taught me how to start an ad agency and it's, I just do it. Like I was listening with a, to an interview um, yesterday with Grant Cardone and Ty Lopez and, uh, and there was people calling up they're like, oh, cool, I bought Ty Lopez's social media academy. Um, now, how do I make sales? And it's like, well, obviously you pick up the phone and you call people. Like if you can't, exp- like I think it's very easy now, especially with the whole online entrepreneur revolution and ClickFunnels, which is, which is, which is amazing. Um, by the way, like I love ClickFunnels and use it all the time, but I think some people can very easily get stuck into it. It's like, oh, well, I bought this now. I should just be able to make money online without talking to anyone. And I'm just going to be sitting uh, in my jacuzzi, sipping on uh, margaritas and martinis. Um, <laughs> when it's like, well, no, you've still got to do the work and pick it up. And I, and probably for me, I found it more natural because I, whilst I've been exposed to the online world, um, I've never been sucked into them to the, oh, like I, I have a little bit, but like with the whole make money online and it's like work from a beach and a laptop is like, yes, but I've also worked in pretty big companies. So I know what it looks like to grow those. And I know that I've had to do sales and had to pick up the phone. But also for me, I know that that's my, it's my way to mitigate risk. Cause if say I, I generate, I do a webinar, I generate a hundred people to register for the webinar, only 25, like let's just say 30 people and a really good webinar are going to show up. So you get 30 people show up, 20 people stay to the end. Of that, you close 5% and 5% is going to be what? One person. Mm-hmm. So you made a sale and you said, let's say you're selling something for 400 or a thousand bucks. You make maybe 500 or a thousand bucks of that. And it's like, well, that's cool. But what about the other 99 people? Like they they still had some level of interest to register, to watch, to like you enough to give you their details. Why not add the phone number to your front form and then give them a call? Mm-hmm. And that's what we did for ours. Cause I was, look, to be honest, my webinars, probably suck i'm very bad at giving like i'm very bad at um being like oh no, not high level but i was saying like but like not teaching like one of my good one of my best skill sets i would say and it's what the feedback i get whenever i do a presentation or anything like that is i'm pretty good at teaching like i'm good at teaching and educating people so i just get stuck into that when i do a webinar and then i'm oh crap i'm gonna do it close now um uh, and then i've got to go through that process and it's like and i when i when i do it i feel like i don't like it's my own limiting belief but i feel like i don't give value if I'm, if I'm not teaching and giving them like tangible takeaways. Um, not that I wouldn't do that in a, in a, in a different webinar, but it's like sometimes I'm like, oh, I've got an hour with someone. Let me just bombard them with value rather than go through my intro story, then go through the three things they're going to learn, um, sprinkle that, and then into a close and a stack. <clears throat> like, I don't mind. I, like, I, I, I can do it, but I, I suck at it because most of the time I end up going on a tangent and then teaching them for the whole time anyway. Um, <laughs> so for me, I, I, I would miss out on, the, on that sale. I would make no sales when I was doing my webinar. So I was like, well, I've got to find a way to do it after. So um, then I would just jump on the phones and everyone that registered would have a phone number and I'd just pick up the phone and be like, hey, what's up? It's Kim. You registered for my webinar. Like, tell me, what what problems do you have? Why are you looking to grow your business? Now I can pretty much identify 
um, especially for my marketplace and for my ads, and this is what makes my my ad writing ability even better because I do speak to people. Um, I can now identify their pains way more than someone going, oh, okay, just go through a document. Like we we teach our clients um, after our NOC method, we have a stakeout process, which is like if you imagine you were staking them out, looking through their windows, what are they doing type thing. Um, but <clears throat> like even if you do that process really, really well, if you haven't spoken to anyone and you don't really know their thoughts, their fears, their frustrations, if you don't really know what keeps them up at night, it gets pretty hard to guess. Like you can get pretty close, but it's like if once you if you pick up the phone and you speak to them, then it just alleviates all of that guessing work because you can get the, the answers. And even if you called 50 of those 100 and they all said no, you're going to get 50 pieces of pretty hard data that you can then use to improve your ads, improve your webinar for next time. And the next 50, you'll probably at least get a couple more sales out of them. Yeah, that's really smart because you, you know, you've got the data there. Why not just jump on a phone call? And and it can be a little bit natural as well. You know, you, you can just talk to these people and you get a, a lot more exposure to exactly who your audience is. So Kim, I, I love that. And I think that's amazing. And I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned about the phone sales part. And one thing that I just wanted to ask about before we kind of jump into where you're at right now, because we're talking kind of, I guess, right now about how you got started in your first couple of years. When you first did start growing your movement and your business, you know, what, what do you think was one of the biggest challenges that you had to face and overcome? Um, probably what a lot of people have, which is no experience, which to be honest is why um, I did what I think is the most important thing. And I know that a lot of people that are successful do it. Like I've had people come and do it with me, go and start their own companies like Chris Benenni from the Funnel Division. Um, he came oh, and I did, love that. <laughs> He's great. Yeah, yeah. So Chris came and did an internship with me. Then um, we sent him over to work with um, Russell for the Designathon, over to an affiliate mastermind with Russell. And, you know, he came back as the number one funnel designer in the Southern Hemisphere, which is pretty epic um, attribute to have. But that's because he came and interned t- with me. I spent my time, energy and effort, like, you know, clients' dollars, my dollars on getting him educated up and trained. Um, so he worked for free, but he got a, he got like a, you know, a, probably a $10 million education because mm-hmm. then he could push forward and, and on what he would do next. And I did the same thing when I was learning ads, I would have worked for that company. I didn't get paid very well, but they were my main client. I had a few little bits and pieces here and there, but I was like, I'm willing to pe- take a, a pay cut to cut my teeth to get more experience to learn. Um, which I think a lot of people just jump in and it's like, Oh, I'm just going to do a, a free trial to, for people. And we're going to say like, don't pay me anything until you get results. And then, and, um, I'm just going to charge him all this money or I see it all the time in so many groups like oh I just I've just got my first client charging them two grand now how do I set up an ad I'm like oh that's that's not good yeah um, yeah so it's like for most people what they're not willing to do is like if you want to start an ad agency and this is why as well like when we work with ad agencies I only work with ones that are already existing and running I don't really work with anyone that wants to start one up from scratch just because there's a whole like just moral and ethically sometimes I, I don't like him like, want to empower people just to run out and sell people if they don't have the experience I would say to people go intern for an ad agency if they are a good ad agency they will always have the ability to go look let me work five ten hours a week for you for free cut my teeth let me learn systems and processes um, from you let me learn how to communicate with clients let me learn how to actually get people results I'll follow all your systems and processes to the T and you know I, I do have a goal in the next six months of starting my own agency but I'd love to learn from from you to start off with and then who knows maybe we can um, collaborate in the future like you will be able to get like everyone would be able if you went and hit people up to do that like you would get work you would get experience and that's what I recommend is like it's the same as being a, like a doctor or anything no one's just like oh I've got my first heart, uh, heart, plant, uh, heart transplant patient how do 
die cut again. Like you wouldn't expect, <laughs> like, you know, like you wouldn't expect someone to have that ability to say, no, I expect you, if I'm, if I'm going to pay you to freaking give me a, a heart transplant, I expect you to know what you're doing. So same with, and that's the same level of responsibility. I think that ad agencies need to have, um, which, I, and, and look, I don't think it's anything, I'm not putting down any of the guys that are out there educating and teaching people on it, but I just think if you take it up, there should be a process of making sure that you are learned and educated enough to be able to get good results for clients rather than going, cool, I've, made, I've learned how to get a lead and how to make a sale. Now, how do I actually do work for them? Yeah, that's that's so important um, because, you know, like you said, even from an ethical standpoint, you know, it's better to go out and learn first as opposed to just jumping in on the back end. So I think I think that's I think that's really, really important. So um, just on the on the kind of track of, you know, people making mistakes on the front end, what are some of the common mistakes that you do see, you know, Facebook marketers making? Oh, so many. Are you talking now? Are you talking about Facebook marketers as in like Facebook agencies making or people marketing, just in general, people marketing their products on Facebook? I want to say people, I mean, both would be good to know, but I think really about people who are marketing on Facebook because not everybody listening is necessarily going to be an ad agency. Yeah, for sure. Now, they're both pretty, it's, it's, it's a loaded question because they both make the same mistakes anyway. But uh, <laughs> so the biggest one for me is um, that they don't apply, and this is what I call the NOC method, right? So they don't, number one, um, and NOC is pretty simple. I just like to make acronyms just for fun. Um, yeah, make so, remember. Yeah. <laughs> so the NOC method is your niche, your offer, and your copy. And most of the time, people don't have a defined enough niche on the front end that they're marketing to. And this is for agencies. This is for individuals. Like they'll put out an ad and they're like, oh, I just want to work with everyone. You know, and it's like if you, and as soon as you try and tell them to uh, refine or define their niche, like they, they just can't do it because it sounds like it's going to be, it's like blasphemy for them to do that, even though every successful person would probably tell you exactly the same thing. They're like, define a niche, right? And it's like, and, but people just don't do it because they're like, oh, but what if, what if someone else comes to me and, and they want to work with me? And I think the biggest thing to remember that you need, you need to take away from this is that your niche is your niche for your marketing campaign. It's not saying that if, if you go, okay, I work with females who are 25 to 35, if a male comes who's 25 to 35, it's not to say that you can't work with them, but it's just to say that for your marketing campaign, you are lining up your, the right niche for the offer that you have, and then you're articulating that through copywriting. So for me, I think a lot of people, when I sit with well, the biggest mistake is that number one, they don't refine their niche because they think that it's like their niche for their entire business and they can't ever work with anyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's not what anyone's saying. What everyone is saying, what I would say to people is when you choose it for a marketing campaign and each one of these kind of feeds the other, once you have a defined niche, I or niche for the Americans, right? So once you have that defined and it's like agenda, say age bracket, um, it's the demographic, it's a, the psychographics, etc. When you can define that niche, it makes it way easier to then position your offer. Because the other thing is if you're putting out a general offer, then most of the time it's going to suck and it's not going to work. And that's when people think Facebook ads don't work or they don't work as well as X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, no, most of the time it's because you haven't lined up your niche and then you haven't put something in front of them that literally you'd want to jump over your friends and family for not saying that everyone's bad but it's like it should be so irresistible that when i see it when i read it when i consume it that i really want to get there before anyone else i need to download it. i need to put in my details like i'm hungry for it so much so that it's like i can't wait to get it like that's what the 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 first offer needs to be when people see it so whether it's a download or webinar or whatever um it can't just be vanilla plain jane it needs to be something different and it's like i always like one of the greatest quotes i've ever heard is like no one ever travels for 
for vanilla ice cream, right? If someone's like, cool, like I've, I've got the best vanilla ice cream, it's like, but mate, it's vanilla ice cream. I can get that anywhere. But if you've got the special pistachio ice cream with a sprinkling of uh, of nuts and a special syrup that you can't get anywhere else, that's what people travel for, right? Like there was the other day, there's like a cookie shop opened up in Perth and they're called Get Chunky. These big chunky cookies, they had lines down the street of people waiting to get these cookies, yeah. So when you got people lined up, if it was a vanilla, if it was a vanilla, if it was a basic little cookie, no one's lining up to get that. No one's driving, you know, uh, 15 minutes out of the city uh, to a place in Vic Park, which is where I was, to go and get a cookie when they could get that anywhere else, unless it's special, unless there's a particular offer where you're going, hang on, I need this. I want this cookie. Like the photos of it look so good. It looks so tasty. It's got all these other add-ons and they're not like any other cookie I've ever seen or tasted. Then that's when people will, will, will jump over their friends and family to go and get access to it they're just you know pushing people out of the way so that they can uh, they can actually get there and, and make it happen and and yeah, that's such an easy way to remember like yeah yeah sorry go on i was gonna say it's such an easy way to remember like no one travels for vanilla ice cream like you would remember that forever <laughs> yeah exactly and then and but then most of the time people putting out vanilla offers right and it's like oh like i had um some guys in some of the training programs that i do they put up their stuff yesterday i was like guys this is vanilla it's like come back to me when you've got pistachio right like it's it's not just not good enough and then, but then if you know your niche and then if you craft that irresistible enough offer, the copy really takes care of itself. Like, yes, there are different copywriting strategies, tips and hacks. And, you know, you can read, um, you know, Gary Halbert and all the greats um, till the cows come home. But if you have the niche and offer lined up, then the copy, beca- the copy becomes easier to write. It becomes a little bit simpler to go through because you know who you're talking to. You know what, what you're talking to them about. And as well, because your niche is so defined, it's like, you know what sort of words to use. So it may not look like if you show a copywriting expert it may not look like the world's best copy but because you're speaking to a specific particular niche directly about an amazing irresistible offer it's going to work and it's going to work really 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 well and then yes you can like learn refine things over time by identifying um different strategies when it comes to your copy but um i think if you get at least those first two parts right then at least the third like you don't then have to be um you know you don't like if you're if you lack on the first two you better be good at uh, articulating how good how good it is um but if you get the first two right then it's like you can you know you can be a mediocre copywriter and still get phenomenal results yeah that's so true and um and we see this all the time you know you, you a lot of people f- think it's, you need to focus on the copy being the absolute best in the world but you know if you haven't got a great offer and to the right person lined up it's not going to work as well so for the no for the noc method kim um when you when you're trying to select the offer is there any kind of tips that you give specifically for for crafting an offer that really grabs your niche audience well normally it depends on the business as well right and i find that a lot of the times business owners um depending on especially i'll say in the online space is that really they they end up kind of working or choosing a market that, that was them right like that was them or was previously them um so a lot of the time i find i was like well would you download would you click this and they're like no i'm like well okay well then what did you write it for like there's no like if you if you haven't put together an offer that you personally wouldn't want like the other day i was rewriting some copy on a client's funnel and i was like oh this is like and they do um property investment i was like i'd, I'd, I'd go to this event like as i was writing i was like this is pretty good like I, i'd register and then i was like oh well i like i'll give myself a tick there because if i would go i'm i fit into their ideal market like then then I'm, i must be doing something right there like you know what i mean yeah so, yeah because it grabs your attention right yeah and then if you but if you let's just say you don't if you're not the market and you're selling something and it's like even just say you're a male personal trainer 
and you sell online training for women. It's like, well, cool. We'll test some women. Show like show them the offer. Like do a little bit of actual real research and go, hey, like you know, or you message your sister, your mom, whoever. It might be ideal and be like, um, hey guys, just giving you a heads up. This is um, I'm not trying to sell you anything here at all. I just want some feedback. If you saw this on Facebook, would you click on it? Yes or no? Oh no, like I don't really know what it is. Oh yeah, actually, this sounds really cool. Oh wow. Oh yeah, this is amazing. Oh great, actually, you know, can can you help me out with this? Um, you know, that's the kind of the that's the result that you're you're really wanting to get. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Is actually putting it in front of people who are interested because I see a lot of people sometimes where they'll post um, an offer or you know a product into the ClickFunnels group, and there's a bunch of people saying no, 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 it's no good, and then the audience isn't entrepreneurs, you know, or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you need yeah. feedback from these people? That's not going to help you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's just, and I think sometimes it's just a, obviously, yeah, it could be a sneaky way of people trying to get business. But as well, it's like, yeah, like the only person whose opinion matters is the marketplace. And that's like, I have sometimes clients who do that as well. They'll post their stuff in there. I was like, look, you work in a rural city in Australia. Why are you posting into an international group like ClickFunnels? Of course, they're all going to, they're not going to resonate with it because they're not the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super important. And one thing that you mentioned before, Kim was you mentioned something called the stakeout method and that definitely grabbed my attention so how does that apply to NOC yeah so essentially once you've gone through the NOC process then the stakeout is really what kind of number one will help you identify a little bit um, or probably really the end and the O part the stakeout really then helps you identify exactly like their, their thoughts their frustrations their fears what keeps them up at night but then also as well what you would use for your targeting for Facebook so we look at then you know the whole thing is uh, really um, based around it's like if you were looking if you were sitting in a car across the street from their house and you had your binoculars out and you were looking through their windows what are they eating for dinner what TV shows are they watching what books do they have on their shelves um, how many people are sitting in there in their family do they have a family are they single so it's really then that identifier process once you go cool this is my niche it's the next level down going cool what are they like what do they do on a daily basis based on like the outcome that they're wanting to achieve what are they doing about it um, and what actions are they taking every day and then who do they follow online um, and then what other actions do they take do they go and speak to their friends and friends and family about it do they post in a Facebook group so that's when you really really hone in on uh, their like behavioral aspects so that you can number one include that in your copy but then number two um, that's what you can use for some of your Facebook targeting methods as well I'm with you so it's almost like you know you're a detective outside the house but like instead of the house it's their Facebook profile exactly <laughs> I love that so much yeah so that's that's really interesting actually and um, man you've been dropping some some crazy knowledge bombs here, which is super, super helpful. And kind of the kind of the other thing that I was really interested in, Kim, as well, is really just asking you like what you enjoy the most about what you do. Because it seems like you really love it. Um, good question. So I the the thing that I love the most is number one, when clients get their first results. Like so it's like when we launch something for a client and they get um, the first lead or the first sale um, always makes me very, very happy. <laughs> Even if it's a client we've been working with for ages and we launch a new campaign for them, like I'm like sitting there and I normally t- tell, if I'm teaching people, I tell them not to do this. I'm like, cool, don't look at the account for like, you know, 48 hours, 72 hours. Like as soon as I launch it, I'm like, refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> waiting to see what when. Do as I say, not as I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, guys, I'm crazy. So don't follow what I do. Just like, don't look at it for 48 hours. Otherwise you can go a bit crazy. But I sit there and just love when I see the first uh, result come in from a client. And then um, I also love just teaching. I love it when I can educate people and then they're like, oh, wow, I never thought of it like this oh wow um i can take that and use it and then when they come back to me they're like oh i did what you said and you know like sometimes like we occasionally get clients that come back like oh i did this and you know i made 35 grand or i use this one ad 
that you showed me and that's added over you know, 500 grand to my business in the last six months. It's like, oh, wow. Because then I, it, it actually feels even better than when we do it because it's like, I just gave them the knowledge and they do it themselves. And I'm like, it's, uh, it's always impressive to, to me to see that knowledge transfer for people. So if I just tell someone something and they go and do it and they got X, I'm like, that to me is just still like amazing. And it always uh, makes me feel tremendously uh, grateful and, uh, and happy every time I hear it. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Well, listen, congratulations, because you're obviously killing it in the space. Um, amazing, amazing things are being said, you know, around you online at every corner. So massive congratulations for everything that you're doing. Um, and you're killing it. And, you know, with all the success you've achieved, what do you think your biggest challenge is now? Um, getting good people, to be honest, getting good uh, salespeople and delivery people is always like people are always the hardest part um, from from now on and, and getting good uh, salespeople that want to work with, internally with us because um, to be honest, I get like, uh, I, I don't know, it must be every time Dan Locke does a new intake, I'll get like 10 people messaging me like, oh, Kim, I want to be a high ticket closer for you and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay, cool. I appreciate that. But you know, I, I want to build an internal sales team, not someone who thinks they can fly in, make sales and fly out because uh, we everything that we do with our clients we follow up with we make sure ongoingly that they are getting delivered to because it's not just about the sale it's the customer service aspect as well which um, doesn't come from those guys so yeah internal like ideally I'd love more people here in Perth with us in our office but um, yeah just internally finding the right sales people is um, really important and then the same for the delivery team as well yeah no that's so important and and yeah honestly I'm super excited to watch and carry, in, carry on following you as you kind of grow over the next couple of years I think it's really exciting love everything you're doing and um just be, just before we finish the episode um i want to make sure that people are having an opportunity to kind of keep track with everything you're doing and i know recently i checked out on youtube actually that your channel has been kind of taken off like crazy um is that probably the best place for people to check out the stuff that you've got going on yeah definitely like uh youtube is our latest and greatest focus um, if you want to connect with me personally instagram at real kim Barrett's probably the best but otherwise yeah um youtube is uh where we're dropping all our new content and everything like that so um and if anyone wants anything like if they have any specific questions uh, i'm always looking at your content ideas too so feel free to jump on the channel and drop a few few comments for us and just give us the just give us the challenge uh the url for the youtube channel as well Kev. oh that's you you asked me the tough question um <laughs> i don't <laughs> well, know just the, name, it, the name uh, of the show is cool yeah, too. Just, it's just under your social voice on youtube is the easiest way to find us amazing amazing yeah because I, I was i was just envisioning that everyone was going to go to youtube and be like oh type in Kim Barrett and I can't find nothing. So yeah, yeah. No, your social voice. Yeah. Awesome guys. Well, you heard it first. Hey, make sure you head onto YouTube, go check out what Kim's doing your social voice. Or you can also get him on Instagram. I hope you guys got a ton of value out of today. Kim, thanks so much. Kim, just before you leave, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to mention today? No, I think we, we covered a, a fair chunk there. So I was pretty happy with that. But um, you know, guys, if, if there is anything that we didn't cover, maybe hit Jamie up and get him to get me to come back again. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, we, 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 yeah i appreciate it amazing well kim thanks so much for the interview and uh yeah maybe we'll see you on the show in the future cheers mate. appreciate it hey everyone i hope you really enjoyed that episode as always if you want to listen to more daily interview content make sure you subscribe and here's three ways i can help you in your business for free one check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel and this is actually how i was able to quit social media forever you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters two if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows head to top100interview.com and then three download our podcast closing formula it shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out 
your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high-ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.